this is Brooke Lurie, and this is the Brooke Lurie Podcast. With me is my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. You know, one of the important themes that you will soon be hearing more and more of, uh, because Hillary Clinton will be running for president, is this notion of a pay gap and inequality for women, right? <clears throat> that's that's the kind of a what is that a meme or a meme or what? How do they a meme? Meme. Yeah, this is yeah. a new word. A, a, a meme is a, <clears throat> a narrative with a word different than narrative. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. That, I I feel like I've I've missed uh, an opportunity. You know, a, a word in the uh, in the modern parlance, like you know how you might feel if somebody was kept on talking about uh, Facebooking somebody, like what the. What happened? You know, if you could you could tell that somebody didn't come in the, into the right decade, or he missed a decade if he doesn't know what the word Facebook means, or email, or internet, and so on. Yeah, or even better regarding Facebook. It, it, you know, I was they, I was liking a post. Yeah, I like it too. No, no, I was liking, <laughs> liking it. I know. didn't like it, but I was liking it. <laughs> you know, verb not. <laughs> right, right. I was private messaging him. Anyway, you get the idea. <clears throat> but so meme seems to be one of those words. Like this just kind of happened. You know, in full force in the past, I would say, four or five years. I'm sure it's a legitimate word for all time, but uh, I think they just kind of pulled it out of the drawer and say and said, hey, we should use this word a lot. And, uh, and sure enough, here we are. But anyway, <clears throat> so the meme or the narrative, as you say, uh, is that, that uh, you know, women are not sharing in the benefits of society as They're much as men. They're not valued in the workplace the way they should. Right. So it always goes without saying that you can never accuse the far left of thinking things through, right? And we're going to show on today's podcast how they don't think things through. Um, now, what do I mean by that? For example, you know, if you hear that um, there's somebody, a, a, a business of, let's say, 40 people has only uh, two black people, for example, who are employees in it, um, <clears throat> you, you and I would say, well, the you know, who knows what the uh, the reasons are for that? It could be because, well, a whole bunch of reasons. But but somebody, uh, the liberal will look at it and say, well, that's because it's racism. That's flat out racism. It's it's a the discussion ends right there, okay. But you and I would look at it and say, well, wait a minute, <laughs> this is in a location where in Alaska where there are very few black people, let's say, and and actually the the ratio of Two out of fifty is actually larger than the the black population, generally speaking, in Alaska. Okay, that I mean, if two out of fifty is four percent, right? And if the population ratio is a lot less, well, then that's another issue. And that's just putting aside, that's just you know, putting aside the the, the matching the racial percentages. It just may be that different things happen. People, not all Jews, for example, are well represented in. Um, in the labor field. Right? Or in the NBA. Or in the NBA. Exactly right. It's unfair. It's, yeah, totally unfair. There are not too many Jewish electricians, not too many Jewish plumbers. Uh, it, it's just the way it is. There are a lot of Jewish lawyers. There are a lot of Jewish doctors and so on. Uh, but it's just the way it is. Okay, so sometimes culturally things change around. But it's, it doesn't mean that somebody's out to get you. All right? Now, <clears throat> the same thing is true when it comes to the woman pay gap. When you hear this, oh, you know, the, on average, uh, the average woman makes 70% of what her uh, colleague in the same uh, uh, job uh, makes. Therefore, you are led to believe that there is a great um, misogyny afoot, right? Chauvinism or whatever you want to call it. Terrible things are happening. You know, people are deciding that that woman is uh, deserving of much less money because she's a woman. Okay, that's the conclusion. Okay, problem. It, it bears no relationship whatsoever to reality. Not whatsoever. Putting aside the fact that, you know what, I think I'm going to leave a surprise at the end. I'm going I'm to discuss this at the end, the surprise. All right? Remember, remind me, Ari, of the surprise because our good listeners deserve a surprise at the end. So let's talk about the explanations for why there is this rampant, pay gap situation going on, okay? There are many. And there's, here's a great article, by the way, uh, that kind of triggered my thought uh, about this. And it's from Breitbart.com. And the, the, uh, it came out, I don't know, about a week ago or so. And the title of it is, uh, There's No Gender Pay Gap, But Here Are 11 Reasons Why There Should Be. 
Okay. <laughs> so he writes that the gender pay gap is one of the most persistent myths put about by feminists and social justice warriors. It has, uh, and then they, he argues about how, um, in fact, there should be uh, a distinction. And why is this? What? How, how can you say this? Okay, first of all, and I'm not going to go necessarily in the order that he, he provided it, but um, men, first of all, do the jobs that women don't want to do. Okay? It, that's, you, always, you obviously have some exceptions, like women who would like to fight in combat, but they don't. As a practical matter, women don't fight in combat. Yeah, but men will work in a slaughterhouse, and women who love animals, yeah, yeah I'm stereotyping, generally don't. Right. Well, when, yeah, that's exactly right. And they certainly won't be the butchers uh, to do it. They, a woman, generally speaking, are not uh, the firefighters, right? They don't work on the Alaska pipeline. Or coal miners. Coal miners, good example. <clears throat> there, there are many things that they just don't want to do. It's just too dangerous for them. They don't work on construction. Yeah, iron workers, the guys who go up outdoors 70 stories up to put yeah. buildings together. Yeah, the famous uh, photo of the, the men having lunch uh, over a girder, right? Yeah. With no sense. Women are not into that, okay? Danger, danger, Will Robinson, as they say. And, and women have a sense of danger that uh, and, and risk that probably makes most of them survive much better than we do. I'm not even going to stereotype. I have that same sense of danger. I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. And you know what? If you went up there to do it, I would say, you're not doing that. You see? There are exceptions, my friend. Right. Um, okay. But, but can, we, can we just say the obvious here is that women will not do uh, so many of the dangerous jobs that, are, that we typically see among men. Okay? So, you're, yeah, you're going to see a huge pay gap there because there are virtually no women there. All right? That, that's, that's the way. They just don't do the same thing. All right, the next thing is um, that men typically work uh, longer hours because they're expected to be full-time. There is, I mean, a friend of mine once said, and she said it so well, um, that women have the following choices. They can be full-time mommies. They can work part-time <clears throat> and be a mommy. They can work three-quarters of time and be a mommy. Or they can be full-time and also be a mommy if they want. Men having, have the following choices. Work full-time. <laughs> That's it. Or it's be unemployed. Yeah, it's, it's a practical matter. We have to work full-time. Okay, it, let, let's face it. If, if, if a man uh, stays at home and, and is Mr. Mom, he's constantly explaining himself as to why he has to be at home because his, his wife uh, is, is you know, bringing up this huge bacon home at the same time they decided it. But he's always apologizing for his existence at that point, right? The reality is no man feels that he is a, a man until he has a full-time job and he's building his career. Women, not so much. They don't feel that way. Okay, maybe they should, you, you might argue, but they don't. Okay, they are, we would feel much more guilty about not having a full-time job and bringing home money uh, than a woman feels guilty about not being close enough to her children. Okay, that, that's the way it is. Now, when I'm at work, I, mean, I love my children. I love being with them every, every chance I get, I, I'd love to be with them. But I don't feel guilty being at work. And I, I think I need to be at home to be a good father. But if I have to stay late at, at eight o'clock uh, on a particular night because I have to prepare for a, uh, a big hearing the next day, uh, you know, I'll say, oh, it's a bummer I don't get to see, you know, to see my kids tonight or see them only for half an hour, but I won't feel guilty. I won't feel like I'm a bad human being, that I've somehow failed my essential role as a human being or, or even as a father. On the contrary, I feel like I'm actually meeting my fulfillment as a, as a father. I have to do what I have to do to bring home money to the family and, and, and provide for them. So that's another reason. Okay? We, we expect to have an advancement in career. And a woman can get off of that train ride anytime. And you hear this all the time. I'll, I'll be a lawyer for you know, five years or so, and then we'll see what happens. And, I'm, and then they meet somebody, and then they decide together that it's just better for her to stay at home or just go part-time. That's okay. And the, and the husband continues with his full-time job. That's okay, too. But this is the norm. The fact that some women choose to go full-time, it does not make it the norm. right? It's not. 
And very few people say this is, you know, very few women think the way that men do. About and it. it's good that it's not the norm. Oh, I agree. Because if it was the norm, there'd be hardly any families. Take it to the extreme, by the way. <clears throat> I think of all those um, uh, billionaire men, and, and there's not a single woman among them, by the way, that, that think the following way. All these billionaire men that you know who are constantly trying to be the most rich man in America or if not the world, right? It's all the men doing that. And, and it's, it's all ego and such like that. I get that. And we can all laugh at that. But a woman doesn't think like that. She doesn't say to herself, I'm going to make you know, $250,000 and I won't, I won't rest until I make $350,000. And now that I've made $350,000, by golly, I'm going to make a million dollars. And, and, and then I'm going to get this title and that title and that title and that title. They don't think that way. Okay, they, they think first, they identify first as a mom. That's okay. In fact, I, my hat's off to them. And, and if everyone thinks that's sexist, well, tough luck, because it ain't. On the contrary, if you think it's sexist, then, then you necessarily think that my statement that, that they first identify as a mom somehow reflects that being a mom is lesser than going full career. And I don't believe it is. I think being a full-time mom is just as important, if not more important, than being a full-time career a mommy. Okay? That's, that's me. So stick it if you feel otherwise about that because it is sexist for you to say that somehow being a mommy uh, and, and that my saying that, it, that they first identify as, as being a mommy is somehow a, a sexist reflection of a lesser attitude toward mommyhood. I mean, isn't this obvious, Ari? Right. So, so they 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 agonize. They they seek the mommyhood. They they feel a need that connection with their children, and they end up working part time. That's the reality, if they work at all, and they certainly don't work those dangerous jobs. Okay, so you're with me so far, right? Good. As a consequence, we all know that if you work part time, you're going to make less. Yeah, even on a per-hour basis, you're going to make less. Because somebody who's trying to work full-time and needs to pay for his whole family is going to be able to command a much higher wage per hour. That's the way it is. Or for that matter, a wage per year. Um, that, it, it, isn't that basic? Yes, it is. Now, um, now there's other parts of, of things that I think is so fascinating in this in the article. Uh, <clears throat> here, first one is men stick with their jobs and they earn more for their companies. And here the article writes that men are more likely to stick with their careers and be a long-term benefit to their companies. So men on average make more money for the companies they work for. And they take shorter holidays and they work, work much longer hours. The loyalty factor is extreme with men. There's an association, an identification with their work that is very, very high. Okay, and and when you are so involved in your work and so connected to your company, guess what? You're going to be more efficient for your company. You're going to know the, the feeling of the company and, and what its, you know, its internal needs are, its, its, its own psychology of what works for the company, right? Think of Steve Jobs, for example. As opposed to somebody who's part-time who comes in and just kind of helps out from time to time. The, the person who's part-time is not going to be as invested in the company. Or a part, an integral part of the company's what they call culture. Right. The culture. That, that's the word I was looking for. And uh, a part-time mommy, well, she's got to leave at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Thank you very much. She's got to pick up the kids. And, and that's okay, ladies. That's totally fine. But, but if, if work needs to be done at 3.15 or 3.30 and there's some sort of emergency or there's a new client that needs to be taken care of or there's some new emergency that needs to be resolved for the next day, well, guess what? It's, it's the ones who stay behind, who are full-time, who do that, whether it's a man or a woman, right? That's another reason. That's just, this is so basic. This is why I hate having to explain what is so obvious. All right. Uh, here's a, a cute one. <clears throat> Men are constantly discovering new and imaginative, imaginative ways to die at work. All right. What, is, what does this mean? All right. Mentally disabled and physically challenged men can be put on the front line, but women aren't. So even though the armed forces is 15% female, 90% of combat deaths and casualties since the Gulf War have been male. 
This is since the Gulf War, by the way. Uh, so that's since 1991. Yeah, this so. isn't counting like Vietnam when there were no women. In exactly. Vietnam. And men make up pretty much all the workplace, workplace deaths back home, too. At least 93% of workplace deaths are male. And then it says that, likewise, they're, they, they die more at home. In other words, there's a death gap, and women aren't paying their full share of the death gap. Exactly right. Uh, if we're going to die, more, more readily die. We're going to well get more readily paid. Yeah. So, and then he writes, 79% of suicides are men. No one knows why, and no one seems particularly keen to find out, because, you know, it's only men we're talking about. If it were, if it were a woman, you can guarantee there'd be billions being spent on the, on the project to understand this horrible phenomenon. And there'd be uh, pink ribbons at football games. Exactly. Let's talk about female suicide. Yeah. Right? But male suicide is four times higher than female suicide. It is a national scandal in many Western countries. 83 men kill themselves every day in the United States. And he writes that that's 30,000 a year. Okay. You get the idea. Um, I think that's equal, actually, to the number of gun deaths. Yeah. In, in America. Oh, I'd, I'd be, I think it's actually higher, the suicide rate. Men need the help, frankly, is, is the next uh, area. And he writes, more women go to college by a very significant margin. You and I have spoken about this before yes. as part of the boy problem. And the reason why and everything else like that is fine. But the reality is that 57, uh, yeah, actually here it says almost 58% of college places now go to women. That's on average, yeah, right? Because the whole education system is slanted for right. their benefit. And they, they haven't even taken out the military academies, which are largely uh, male. So if you, if you took those out, in, in other words, just took the traditional four-year college, I, I bet that number would be higher. Yeah, it would probably drop it by another 5 to 7%. No, it would, it would increase the, the percentages to, of women up to 60%. Yeah, that's why I mean. It would drop the percentage of men. Right. And, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't even tell the whole story because for some reason, men are now dropping out of school at unprecedented rates. Well, I, I, I know why that they're doing that, because they're bored of school, because they, they associate education with uh, femininity, and so uh, they, don't, they, don't, they don't need it, okay? And for four-year college degrees, 1.35 women graduate for every male, and men make up only 44% of college applicants. There's actually affirmative action now going on for boys in school to, uh, to go to college. Uh, it's so bizarre. So, yeah, they're getting all the opportunities, and the boys are losing the opportunities. So no surprise. And don't forget, I still, I still have not told everyone what the surprise is to be. Okay. All right, number 11 on this is that uh, paying women less would incentivize them to stay home, protect the nuclear family, and reduce single motherhood. That, by the way, on the list is my favorite of the reasons. I, I know you like that a lot. Look, I mean, the, the reality is it's a good thing for a woman to stay at home. It, it, it helps the nuclear family, just like it's saying. And if you think that's sexist, well, then, then you're saying that you're devaluing motherhood, aren't you? Aren't you saying that full-time motherhood is not valuable? You're devaluing the essence of feminine existence, yeah, exactly. essentially. I'm saying I'm There's elevating. no more misogynistic point of view than being against that. That's right. I'm elevating motherhood way up high in the sky right now, okay? My hand is way up there, okay? And, and But no, you say, you inherently think, my feminist liberal friends, that uh, working full-time is somehow the highest thing you can do, and motherhood is, is, well, something you can look down upon. In essence, it's more valuable from their point of view that women act as masculine as possible yeah, exactly rather right. than as their natural right. selves. Now, many, uh, I, I know that many listeners will email us and say, you know, what we didn't say. Here's what we did not say. We did not say that women should not be allowed to work. You, Ari, you and I, we're going to get an email saying, how can you say that women should not be allowed to work? That, I, I guarantee you somebody's going to write that. Yeah, because no one twists what you, you're meaning like liberals <laughs> because right. they are unbelievably efficient at imputing uh, emotional context to what your words did not mean. Or, or they, they just say the opposite of what we That's actually what said. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Look, here's what, uh, you know, feminism should be. Feminism should be, you should be allowed all the opportunities to men. If you want to be an electrician, be an electrician. If you want to be a plumber, be a plumber. You should not be denied simply because you're a woman. Got it. I don't think anyone's, but the, the whole point is that I don't think anyone's denying it. 
denying you that opportunity. You want to be a lawyer? Be a lawyer. If you want to work on the Alaska pipeline, fine. Work on the Alaska pipeline. Um, if, and, if, and if you want to stay at home, fine. But no one's, but, and we're not saying you, you are, should not be allowed to, to work full time. Okay, so let's get that yeah, right but, out the But back. also, wouldn't it be nice if liberals were feminists enough to stop devaluing the, the very thing women were created by God to do, which yeah, is well, oh boy. <laughs> love children, nurture children, yeah. be the heads of households, and uh, provide a safe place for children to grow up? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's, in their, it's, it's inherently uh, natural for them, just in, as, as it is to say that it's, it's natural for them to be the ones who, who deliver birth who give birth to, to their children. They're the ones who are pregnant. That's the natural side of things. So why can't we say that, that it's, it's natural for a woman to want to be mothers, to want to take care of their kids, and to want to stay at home? What's wrong with that? Right? And yes, uh, there, there are exceptions, and some women don't want that, and they should have every right to do that. But I'll be damned if you tell my wife, or, any, or my daughter for that matter, or anyone, any female that's important to me, that somehow pursuing full-time motherhood is somehow less than working full-time or part-time or whatever. Don't you dare say that, because I think it's the height of great joy if you can do that. Okay? But that's me. And if you did that, if we had a focus on full-time motherhood and encouraged that, in the same way that we encourage people to, I don't know, read to their children, right? To spend dinners with their children, if we encourage full-time motherhood, I think we could resolve a lot of society's ills. Because How do you, you like that? You get more full-time motherhood, yeah. which is good for the children. Right. Exactly right. Uh, now, you have to also do it without certain caveat, without, with certain caveats, meaning not, not on welfare and hopefully with a father in the picture as well. But you get the idea. A full-time motherhood, that's great. It's awesome. Okay. That's not to make anyone who works full-time to feel guilty about it, but you certainly damn well should not feel so smug or superior because you work full-time or otherwise. Got it? Got it? Good. All right. Uh, you can hear the contempt in my voice. I, I, I feel my tone is coming out that I'm contemptuous of people who so belittle and trivialize full-time mommyhood and that they can't, they won't let you argue the point without telling you what you are actually saying, to try to change what your argument is. Or and, telling you and, how hateful you are. That's right. These that's precious right. working women in yes. the workplace. Well, they're going to tell me what I'm not saying, which is that somehow I'm, I'm trying to tell people that they should stay uh, barefoot and uh, what's it, pregnant, pregnant. And, bare, and barefoot in the kitchen all day long, as if I said anything like that in this podcast whatsoever, right? Yeah, chained to the Viking stove. Yes, the, exactly. Uh, uh, what's it called? The Sub-Zero fridge. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Just, all right. <laughs> getting, getting I picked the most expensive appliance. Yes, you yes, notice? yes. Uh, you know, here's a here's here's another one. Here's a male privilege men could learn to do without. Um, and it says, controlling for all relevant variables, men receive 63 percent longer sentences for the same crimes that women do. Women are twice as likely to avoid incarceration when they are convicted. If we are sending men to prison more frequently and for longer periods of time, it's only right that they have an economic edge to pay for lawyers and other prison necessities, <laughs> <laughs> like soap on a rope. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, the truth is, it's you know, it's a great point. It's a very good point. Putting that aside, I mean, what I think this article could say a little bit more clearly is that life really treats men very unfairly. Not only from the suicide rate, from the, the, the accident rate, but also from the way that, that, that society actually treats men. And the fact that they are far more likely to be incarcerated for, for a conviction, that just ain't right. And if that's complete if, injustice. It's complete. If, you, if the exact reverse were true, again, you would have all sorts of studies and calls for social justice and everything else, and this can't happen and, and so on. But, but since it's only about men, well, no big deal, which is the next issue. Men need to save for divorce. I want to say the other word to it. Uh, they, need to, they need to say for the divorce slam. We'll, we'll use that The divorce word. tax. Well, no, I'll the say divorce that. penalty. No, I'm going to call it the slam because it is a slam. Um, and they write, they use a different word, but it's fine. Uh, it's a silly phrase, but a real problem. 
When marriage breaks down, it is men who get taken to the cleaners. Their wealth, their reputations, and access to their own children are all on the line. Women can walk away with a fortune, having in many cases done very little to contribute to savings or equity in the family home. Yeah, usually because they were stay-at-home mothers. That's right. Ironically. Yeah. So there's very little to risk when a woman uh, divorces. There is a a risk. I'll I'll mention it in a moment. But financially and custody-wise, she's in the driver's seat. It's the men who have to worry far more. Okay? Now, what is the risk to women? The risk to women is that it is easier for a man to remarry, to meet another woman. That's true. But we're talking about finances here. We're talking about the way um, uh, things really turn horribly uh, against men. And uh, the best example I can give right now is Robin Williams. I mean, he, was, he, he divorced twice, and he got taken to the cleaner so badly that he was on such financial ropes. This man, who you know, should have been a billionaire three times over, um, you know, just was so financially crippled that he couldn't, he, he, had, he felt he had no choice but to take himself out. Suicide. And work himself to the, his fingers to the bone his whole life. Yeah, he, he had a very, very tough life. Yeah, and people think, oh, you know, oh, he's just a comedian. No, there's a saying, I know, as a former comedian, death is easy, comedy is hard. <laughs> That's right. All right, men pay more throughout the relationships. From that first date to who pays the most off the mortgage to the shared American Express, men pay more throughout their relationships. Right? <clears throat> so we, our expenses are far higher. That's, that, that's something that, you know, the only, you know, an accountant has to look at both, both sides of the, the column, right? The, the receipts and the expenses. But, but the, the, the Hillary Clintons out there are only looking at the receipts. Okay. You get the idea. Um, yeah, because not only do we have to take the girl on a date to see fried green tomatoes, we have to pay 15 bucks a ticket right. and parking and uh, snacksies and right. popcorn to, for the pleasure. Men pay far more into retirement and pension plans, but die earlier than women. Uh, so they subsidize the fairer sex there, too. Uh, when you factor in higher educational costs and all the other financial penalties of having a male genitalia, it can be over 10% more expensive to be a man. Ah, everything about it is, uh, you know, everything about it is more yeah, expensive. Because hey, hey, hey. okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I want to I get to the surprise. Okay. Um, and another thing, and this is the very first point that, that he makes, which is women like it. What's that you say? That women like to be paid less? Yeah, they do. You know, in the same way, now that I think about it, and it's not in this article, the same way that a woman likes to date a taller man, right? I mean, it's very, very seldom that you'll hear a woman say, you know, I like, uh, I like my man to be shorter than me. No. It's almost never the case. They, they, they always say, in fact, I've never heard an exception that a woman wants their man to be uh, shorter. They always say, he's got to be at least as tall as I am. Yeah, what woman says, you know, when we get married, I want to carry him through the vestibule. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen. They, they like being taken care, care and of. And protected, feel protected. It's, it's, it's natural. It's, uh, it's instinctive. It's totally fine. And we're willing to play that role. That's the amazing thing about it. Let us play that role. Yeah, we're designed for it. We want to. Yeah. We're happy oh. doing it. So uh, they write, why do women get a kick out of bagging a man who earns a lot more than they do? Well, because, first of all, I'm saying this now, I think they like to brag about it to their girlfriends, right? They, they like it. They say, my man pulls this in. My man is better than your man. Yeah, that's, that's how they compete. Put that in your pipe and smoke right. it, Dolly. Now, we men compete in terms of what our salaries are, for sure. But and by how good-looking our women are. And Yeah, not by how good-looking we are. But how good looking our they wives are. are. Right. <laughs> Unless so, you're like me and Right. Now you know. I have a beautiful wife, so I'm very lucky. And but I get to tell her all the time, hey honey, uh, you look so hot. Let's uh, we need to parade you around. You know, I like you know, she's there's a there's a reason why they call it a trophy wife. We it's, need to go spend some of my hard earned money on you so I can show <laughs> you to my friends. Right. That's, That's how true. it works. I explained once to my wife, I said, you know, and, and this it's not gonna be harsh, it's just if I see a man uh, with a woman that is not suited to him, in other words, that he's you know a certain stately uh, from an income point of view and from a looks point of view and from a power point of view, and he's got a woman who's really frumpy, 
I, you know, I, I hate to say it, I think a little bit less of him. A little. We yeah. think a lot less of yeah. him. I, I, there's a great line in the movie Moneyball. Yeah. What's the problem with this player? His stats are great. Unattractive girlfriend. It's a sign of no confidence. That's what and it is. And it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. absolutely true. Yeah. Well, and, and you may think that's so bizarre and so shallow, and yet you would agree with me, ladies and men, that clothes make the man. You judge, you. right? You judge people up, uh, with the with the way they dress, with the car they drive. Why do you think that that we men don't judge other men by the woman that they're with, right? It's that simple. Uh, you know, but but facts are just not important to the far left. This is something. I mean, I, I know that my, our liberal listeners are have to acknowledge this. It's a fact. You don't have to like it. But that's just, there's a lot of things I don't like. I prefer the sun rises in the West, but you know what? <laughs> I can't do anything about it. I prefer. I better th- accept it. <laughs> I prefer that I have perfect eyesight and be an Air Force pilot. But no, I don't have that. And I, as it turns out, I'm a lawyer now. Okay? All right. So women do like it because it frees them. It also frees them up. This is more the practical side of it. And this is what they do right. Because it frees them up to focus on the home, on children, and on other hobbies. Women usually strive for a more balanced life than men. And that's a really good point, by the way. We men don't think about balance, right? You, know, we, we, you and I, for example, Ari, have never spoken about, um, you know, I really want the right combination of time with my family, to learn from the arts, you know, at work, of course, to get meaning out of my work, and uh, to spend time with my friends, right? And I, and I really don't mean to mock. I, I understand. I, I, I'm, I'm saying, but we don't speak in those terms. We think in terms of how's work, good. Getting new clients, great. How about you, Ari? How are you doing? Oh, it's great. I got this new client the other day. Even more granularly, this is how we think. How can I maximize my amount of enjoyment in this moment? Yes. This moment, without wrecking the future, of course. Yeah. To a balance, you know, we don't want to make terrible decisions. But we're not thinking about all this balance and all this stuff and multitasking in our head. We just want, when we're playing basketball, to win. Yeah. When we're doing business, to make money. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so women usually strive for more balanced life than men, which is why they work fewer hours, take longer holidays, and yes, earn less for their companies. So being given the freedom to raise a family is a chance that most women would jump at. Okay, file this under... Of course. <laughs> that makes sense. No, no, that file is marked um, duh. <laughs> the latest issue of Duh magazine. Yeah. But, but look, but, but now, unfortunately, we live in a time of duh. You know, this is, this, we have to constantly, you know, reteach everything. So all this stuff, the, 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 I call it the era of learning things all over again. Yeah, flashes of the blindingly obvious. <laughs> all right, now I told you that I would have a big surprise for you at the, at the end, right? And the big surprise is that there actually is no pay gap. And in fact, women make more than men. The whole meme is a lie. It's a big, big friggin' lie. You know, I think that's the difference between a meme and a narrative. A narrative is a created narrative that may or may not be true. A meme is 99% of the time not true. It has been comprehensively debunked, this, this, this notion of a gap. In the UK and in the US, women in their 30s are actually paid more, more than men for the same work. Okay? Uh oh, that's not good news. Yeah, it's them. not good news for that. Well, certainly not good news for the Hillary campaign because they're, they're throwing all, all their money at that. Well, the funniest thing is if you if factored in just the Obama and the Hillary campaign, those two in offices, those two operations have some of the biggest pay gaps against women that there are. You know, yeah, so, true. so if it's you really took true. if you took those out of the equation, the the amount of women, the amount of my women make in re- relation to men would even be higher. All right. When we get back uh, from our uh, podcast, this portion of the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about Bruce Jenner. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner Katie and Jenner. Uh, Katie yeah. Jenner. Okay, yeah. I'll make sure to be politically correct there. Yeah, I'm a man, so I always shorten it. Katie All right, right. Katie. We'll talk about uh, her and uh, some significance and some yes inconsistencies. Would you believe it? that Ari and I both see about all that. Don't go away. We'll be right back. (music) 
Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case involving a $220,000 promissory note, and you won a trial, but later discovered that the defendant had transferred all his assets? Dennis, when judgment debtors don't want to pay, they may shift assets over to their relatives, asking them to hold them till the coast is clear. How did you get the payment? The defendant had transferred title to two commercial buildings. We convinced them to admit it was an illegal transfer. That led to a great settlement with guarantees from relatives with penalties. And don't you know, they're making payments every month on time, like clockwork. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. back on uh, our show. We were talking before about uh, the issue of whether or not there really is a pay gap uh, with women. And I think we kind of nipped that in the bud. First of all, because um, there really should be a pay gap, if anything, uh, for for men, for all the reasons that, that are indicated there. And no, it's not because I think that women are inferior. On the contrary, it's because uh, men have to really work hard and they have a lot of expenses. And to not look at the expenses side of the column while looking only at the receipts sort of the side of the column is, is unfair, right? You would never expect, you, you would never say a business is doing well if it's pulling in $2 million and spending $3 million, right? You would say that company is failing, no matter what, even though it's, it's bringing in $2 million worth of revenues, right? <clears throat> but there you have it. This is the way the liberal mind thinks, is that the, all they see is how much money you're pulling down. And, and with respect to uh, my, my beautiful wife, you know, I, I was telling her, we started this, this law firm, and, you know, I'm very proud to say that we grew our firm pretty nicely over time. And I would tell her what our gross revenues were. And I'd say, honey, can you believe it? We're, we're making X. Now we're making two times X. Now we're making three times X. And she would hear these numbers, little unbeknownst to me. She would hear these numbers that, that, that were bringing this revenue, you understand. And <clears throat> she would just start buying huge things. You know, for a short while. And I said, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I figured, you know, you're, you're, you say you're making, you know, three times X, you know, or whatever you want to call it Y. Therefore, it's, this is nothing. And I said, you know that there are expenses to my company, right? I do have to pay people. I have to pay the rent. Um, I pay for marketing as well. And Thank a lot God. Of, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like the marketing. <clears throat> and, uh, but, but. And, and there's a delta between that. And hopefully the delta is continuing to grow. But don't think for a moment. I, I should be telling her, here's the net. But anyway, so finally I told her what, what net means. <laughs> and now she understands better. She, she's very bright. It's just, I guess she got into her head that our revenues were the same thing as net. But th that's the way I think the left often looks at, the, the far left at the very least, looks at life that way. Oh, they absolutely do. How often do you hear, <clears throat> corporations have more cash and storage than ever before. Yeah, and some guy said that to me. I said, "Do you have a bank account? Do you try to save money? Isn't your savings a good thing?" Right, it's good for them. Yeah, yeah, but but somehow they they, they need to spend it for the the social good, whatever that, that, however you define that. Okay, look, we talked about that, and now uh, when we want to talk about a related topic. I said that we would be talking about uh, Bruce Jenner, and no, I'm not going to call him Caitlyn Jenner, you know, to. To heck with you if you think otherwise. I'm, it's going to be. <laughs> he's giving me a note now. Jen, Jenner Bender. Oh, very cute. Jen, Jen, Jenner, Jenner Bender. Jenner Bender. Jenner Jenner Bender. Very cute. All right. That's what I'll call him. Jenner. Jenner Bender. Now, th this is ridiculous. I mean, come on. I mean, we can all play the game, and, and somehow this is the mo most important civil rights. You know, it's not enough that they that uh, that the far left got uh, same-sex marriage. Fine. Okay, we can talk about that till the cows come home, and we can disagree and agree and, and all that stuff. But they, 
do you have to move so quickly to the next thing? You you have to have this this uh, new civil rights thing. I mean, you know, you gotta pace yourself, dude. I mean, it's like drinking. Yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, that's a, such an awesome line. <laughs> right? I mean, Tell me you're gonna use that on the Sunday show. I will. I will. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, you don't go from shot number three to shot number eleven yeah. in twenty minutes. In twenty minutes, you just you know take your time. Yeah, and then you start. You know, the first five shots, you talk about what a great guy you are. The next five shots, in the next you know two hours, you talk uh, to to, uh, to to other uh, how other guys suck. And then the, the last time when you're really depressed and you're really um, in a foul mood, you talk talking about how bad women are and your bosses and everything else, and then you pass out. But you do not. Do not do it all 20 shots in, in the first five minutes, right? Yeah, you don't go from your first shot to, I love you, man, and <laughs> barf right away. Exactly. <laughs> Embarrassing. Now, and by the way, I'm only speaking from what I see in the movies because I actually don't drink very much. So this is my understanding of how things go. But I, I have heard that phrase, pace yourself, man. And I thought, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. The, I'm the guy in the back sipping a margarita and thinking, "Woo, this is tasty!" And I love my umbrella drinks. As, as like somebody joked around about me saying, "Yeah, there goes Barack with his umbrella drink." <laughs> so, yes, I admit it. I'm a, I'm a lightweight. Anyway, <clears throat> um, you gotta pace yourself, liberals. You, you, <laughs> you just got this major victory called uh, same-sex marriage. Fine, good for you. And just you know, wait a couple of years. In fact, maybe wait five years. Okay, well, and, and like, then you'll figure out what what other crazy civil right you you think is so important in the next civil rights era. It's just like a foreign policy. They could have waited a little bit between the disaster of the pullout Iraq before they gave Iran the bomb. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly right. Oh, why not? They didn't yeah. have to do it in the same right. movement. Dump is so brazen, my man. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you know, it's it's like Obama is accelerating his uh, his rampant um, efforts to to whittle away at, at all the things that America actually holds near and dear, right? I mean. He realizes he only has a year and a half left in his presidency, and by golly, I'm going to do everything I can. Um, but but he's got to pace himself, and he's not doing it. And and in the process of not pacing himself, you start asking a lot of questions, like, okay, well, wait a minute. <clears throat> he uh, gave up secrets uh, of uh, Azerbaijan, for example, that Israel was going to use. That he gave up uh, secrets about Israel's nuclear cap- capabilities. Um, Stuxnet. Stuxnet, of course, he gave that up. Um, and then there's the issue of um, all sorts of hiding of information of the emails, of course, uh, not just uh, Hillary Clinton, but also Obama himself. And now uh, then this, uh, this brazen effort to um, uh, show his contempt for Israel and Bibi Netanyahu. And now, I don't know if you read this, but he's actually hinted that he's going to allow the UN to proceed with a vote on Palestinian statehood, that he's not going to exercise his veto. Now, again, we predicted this just two months ago. And we said it's going to happen toward the end of his presidency, but now he's already hinting at it. I, I predict it's going to happen before the end of this year now. I mean, it, I think we'll have a podcast saying, didn't we predict in early June that he's actually, actually, we, we did predict this in, in, I believe, early April, Ari, or March, perhaps? I think we predicted this in June of 2013. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> right out, or even it could be. <clears throat> maybe, maybe November 20th of 2012, right after he won re-election. Yes, that, know, that's it true. Was, it was a fairly obvious thing that was But the accelerating happen. moment and the opportunistic moment for him would be the Vatican's recognition of Palestine. And that gives him the moral cover to say, hey, look, you know, the Vatican's doing it. I think it's the moral thing, and I want to support the Vatican. I'm not the only one doing this. I, I, I'm leading—what is it? What is it? Uh, leading from behind— as he as he likes to say, so so now it, it only allows him to accelerate his recognition of some state called Palestine. Anyway, it's it's all disgusting the whole thing, but uh, he's not pacing himself whatsoever. But let's get back to the social issues because we were talking about Bruce Jenner, who we will not refer to as Caitlyn Jenner, and this guy wants to. Uh, he, say, he tells us that he feels more comfortable as a woman. Okay. <clears throat> There's been virtually no cases, no cases where uh, the the somebody who actually goes through a transition like that feels in any way fantastic about his decision. Okay, just 
and the suicide rate among these people is so exceedingly high. Now, I like to think logically. Okay, if this were an LSAT question, it, it, it would ask you, what is the flaw in this logic? If I were to say to you that the transgender operation creates more suicides, I would say that that's a flaw in assumptions, right? And one of the multiple choice answers would be, it's flawed because it doesn't take into account the possibility that they were suicidal before, and that the reason why they did the trans, the sexual uh, sex operation is they thought that would be a resolution of their suicidal tendencies. And then they found out that it was not. And they were, the fact is they were simply suicidal. In other words, they were suicidal to begin with, for whatever reason. So it would be, that's a correct statement. But don't tell me for a second that there, there, therefore this is the answer to resolving the problem. You, it's a, it, it shows, if anything, it proves one thing. If the suicide rate is higher for these people, then it proves that the, and that they do it after the sex change operation, then it, it's a much more indicative of the fact that they, the sex change operation does not help them. Not at all. It may not hurt them, but it doesn't help them. It doesn't make them happy. So they, they may seek it as the answer, but it's not the answer. So it's really more like you think that by taking drugs that'll make you happy, right? I mean, if you're, if you're not on drugs and you're a very maudlin, depressed sort of person, and then you take the drugs and, and that makes you happy for the moment, well, you think that the solution to your happiness problem is, is by taking drugs. And we know that that's not the answer, of course. But in your mind, you think that's your solution. And similarly, for Bruce Jenner, and, and unfortunately, I think many people who have this uh, desire to become the other uh, sex, they, um, they think that the solution is to become the other sex. When in fact, it may very well be, and I think probably is, that there's something else going on. They're confused for some other reasons altogether. Because we know that when people actually go through a sex change operation, it doesn't resolve the problem. Just like drugs don't resolve your, your depression problem. I mean, I, I mean, like, uh, well, for that matter, any kind of drugs. Even if you take antidepressant drugs, yeah. it doesn't resolve your depression. It only, it only numbs your brain to avoid the, the, the horrible thoughts that you're running through your head. But it doesn't make you a good person. Uh, sorry, it doesn't make you a happy person. Happiness takes hard work. And I think a lot of these people, we, we just kind of cave in. Well, you know, if, I mean, Dennis Prager is absolutely right about this. He said, look, happiness is a serious problem. He, he dedicates a whole hour to this every Friday. And he says, look, you've got to work at this. You know, if you, if you feel constantly depressed, then ask yourself why. Find some fixes for this. Okay? He doesn't, he'll never say, well, the answer to that is taking drugs that will, will not make you think at all. Or, or that somehow erases all the negative thoughts and therefore you'll be happy. He would never say such a thing, nor would I, nor would you. But, and most people would, if they, if they saw somebody who was constantly a Debbie Downer that's a relative of, them or of theirs or a friend of theirs, they would say, you know what, Debbie, you really need to kind of change your attitude in life. You need to do something. Get out there. Uh, you know, maybe... Um, you know, whatever it is that, that is causing you grief, it's, it, you don't have somebody special in your life, or you don't know how to make friends, or, um, you know, you, you don't exercise enough, or you don't go outside enough, or you don't take enough, you know, breaks in your life. You know, that's, whatever it is, please do it, because you're really bothering the rest of us. You're a downer, Debbie, a downer. So this is an interesting thing. When, when people think in these terms... They, they think always uh, that the solution is exactly uh, the thing that's in their mind that, that will make them better. And in this case, for a lot of these people, these, these people who seek to, to change their gender, that that is the solution to their problem. But it ain't. We know that. We know it. It's, it's, it since we, I don't think you have, I mean, sure enough, somebody will write eventually and they'll give me a, an email example, I suppose. Uh, but I don't think we have a single example of somebody who's gone through the transgender process and who said, who has said, I am a much happier person now. 
I am good to go. My problem resolved. Okay? I, you don't hear that. But in reality, as you said uh, offline, Ari, you see the, the, the sadness in their face. They don't, they don't go out there and say, I was uh, you know, a horribly depressed person. I was living a lie, I felt, as a man. And now, as a woman, I feel fulfilled and ready to go out there, and I'm achieving my full potential. Their life story are, is not the lyrics of the song Amazing Grace. I was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good point. I'm not, you don't hear that. And, yeah. if, and believe me, if there were many examples of that or even a couple of examples of that, you would see that. They'd be all over the news. That's right. They would, trust me, our media would find them. Yeah. You, you would, what's, what's that show? Uh, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, and what's that breakfast show with the, the five women, I think it is? Outnumbered. Or, uh, oh, the view. The view. Yeah, yeah. It, certainly, you would have them the saying, you know, tell me your story, uh, Rebecca, and this Rebecca woman who was once uh, Rocky Art. or Art, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, is talking about here's pictures of me as a man. Here I am now, and you know, and what do you have to say to those people out there who think the same way? And they would look to the camera and say, you need to do it because you, you owe it for yourself to yourself to to find out who you are. Yeah, this is my doctor. This is the beautiful work he did. Right. I still have sexual pleasure. I still function. Because that's, those are the main questions right. that uh, everyone obviously asks. Like, when you remove your, um, you know, genitals, do you still get sexual gratification? Oh, yes. It's wonderful. Right. I don't miss a thing. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you, you would expect that that would be the answer. But we don't hear those things. And there's a reason why we're not hearing those things. Yeah, because the answer is no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. It's, it's a... Um, it's an, it's a, it's an effort, huh? Here's an example. I, you know, I'm, I like the metaphor thing, right? Remember how we talk about? Um, it's like trying to find a peaceful Muslim. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going there. Uh, there. There are peaceful Muslims, of course, but that's not the point. No, it's like those people who are really, really fat. And I often say to uh, about such people, my heart goes out to them because they're starving. And you were saying, what the heck are you talking about? They seem to be eating a lot. And I say, no, they're not starving in the way that they're lacking for food. Their body is starved because they're eating the wrong foods. Their brains and their whole bodies are aching for a certain kind of vitamin. But because they don't eat the food that has that vitamin, it never gets satisfied. So as a consequence, they keep on eating more and more food, getting fat in the process. But they're really actually starving. Their, their body's looking, craving for this, but it's going, going the wrong direction. Why don't I make this point? Because it's the same thing with the transgender argument, right? And not just transgender, by the way. It could be other things. You could be looking for love in all the wrong places, like Drugs that famous song. Drugs is the perfect example. Drugs, Drugs uh, or money it could be. Uh, but let, let's use love and drugs uh, and money. Um, people sometimes feel, I, I, I worked for somebody once upon a time whose main quest was money. He thought the happiness came uh, at the bank. And he knew how to make a lot of money. He was a fantastic money maker. And, and thought all the time that this is, what, this is the, the path to happiness. And of course, he found it, it's not true. We all know that. And he was a very miserable man. But his response constantly was to make more money. I'm going to be happy if I just have this billion more. No, I, I'm still not happy. Make more, more money. Okay, so, and it doesn't work, right? But that's the way that some people act. They, don't ever, they never ask themselves the question, as this, this former boss of mine should have asked himself, you know, I'm, I have so much money, and yet I'm not happy. Maybe I should be pursuing something else. Likewise with, um, with drugs, right? They, we were just talking about this. Money, uh, happiness uh, can be found at the, uh, the other end of a needle, right? And so they constantly shoot up, and they're happy for the moment, and they think, gosh, you know, and they see life as uh, misery interspersed by moments of getting high. That's, high, that's happiness to them, and that's how they seek it out. And they, they never, well, they, if they go to um, some sort of re rehab, they, they finally figure to ask the right questions. Rehab is all about reoriented, reorienting somebody to think about happiness in a completely different way, right? That they are worth something, that they, they can see, they can find happiness in purpose. They might even find happiness in God, for example. Imagine that. 
And, and then the, the final thing they were going to say is about love. Sometimes people think that they can find happiness only in uh, a mate, somebody that, that must complete them somehow. And so you find a lot of these women, usually it's women, sadly, that, that feel that they'll get happy only if they have a man in their lives. And I'm saying it's good to have a, a, you know, a, a spouse, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend in your life. I think that is helpful for happiness. But they pursue it in a way that is really unhealthy. And sometimes you know, they sleep around a lot thinking that that's how it's, that's going to create happiness for them, only to find that it actually makes them miserable in the process. They need to kind of look within, you know, be, be a little bit more secure about themselves. So we've given three examples how people chase something that is not the answer at all. And instead of asking themselves, uh, asking themselves what else they can do, they double down <laughs> on their problem, whatever the problem is, money, love, drugs. or drugs, right? And, and why isn't this the same thing? Or... The, the fourth uh, main yeah. issue, or more transformation yeah. away from who I really am rather than finding happiness right. as who I am. Right. Well, but, but, but in this case, because I want to focus on the transgender issue, when people think about transgender stuff, they, they decide in their heads that the answer for this particular per person, because he's decided it, you understand. Bruce Jenner has decided for himself the reason why I'm unhappy is because I feel like a woman trapped inside a man's body. Therefore, answer is, I must become a woman. But maybe, maybe he's just like all those other th those three different categories we just talked about. Maybe he's doubling down on something. That's not the answer. Right. Maybe there's something. In fact, I'm quite confident there's something wildly else going on in his head. And you know, it's somewhat revealed in the very words he used. I feel trapped in a as this in that body. Yeah. Maybe the problem is you feel trapped. Right. That's exactly right. Period. You just feel trapped for whatever reason. Something else is. And gone. if I was married to a Kardashian and clan, I'd feel trapped too. Yeah. Not that I'm judging. Actually, I am, <laughs> but different issue. Right. Look, people have to fight themselves all the time, right? The greatest battle, uh, and even my kids uh, now acknowledge this: the greatest battle is yourself, right? It's if you can conquer yourself with all your strange motivations and your strange idiosyncrasies. We all have them. Uh, then, then you, you're, it's more than half the battle. It's three quarters of the battle, and you can conquer life itself. So it's ninety nine percent of the battle. Yeah, actually doing your work, being somewhere relatively on time, et cetera, et cetera. Right. In the modern society of Los Angeles, when you live <clears throat> in the Upper West Side of LA, yep. um, is pretty damn easy, as long as you can uh, avoid your own excesses. You yeah. know, those that, excuses that's, that's to is. not go to the gym, the excuses to have that extra dessert, those excuses of whatever they yeah. are. Well, let's go through the list of things that we battle, okay? And because what, what I'm seeing here with this transgender argument is you should give in to your indulgence, whatever that indulgence might be. And, and for Bruce Jenner, it's the indulgence of wanting to feel like a woman, okay? It's just, uh, hold on, it's just not what... What works? We know that it doesn't work. I was so, going to say the indulgence to be the center of attention. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. It, it, that probably, I think that's part of it, but I don't want to go there right now because I want to make the corollary to all the other things that we'd like to indulge in. See, if you, if you view this as an indulgence, then it's less uh, something that we want to celebrate, isn't it? Yes. Right? Um, so, for example, I know some alcoholics. So do you, Right? We would never say to them, well, you know what? It's in your nature to be an alcoholic. Drink away, my good friend. Here you go. Okay? And you wouldn't you know, clap, clap for them as they're drinking away because, by golly, this is what God made me. Right? Yeah. It's too bad you can't be paid per ounce of consumed liquid. And another example of that, of course, is uh, cigarette smoking, right? I mean, I know that's not necessarily genetic to, to do that, but you can obviously get addicted very quickly, and you might have an addictive personality. How about that? And you say, you know what? Um, you just can't get over the cigarette smoking. Smoke away, my friends. What, what would you like? Camel pack uh, or um, Virginia Slims? What, what would you like? Give me you the know? strong stuff. Benson and Hedges. Benson and Hedges, right? And, and then off away, he smokes and puffs away, and the lung cancer, here we come. And we don't celebrate that, right? Okay, but uh, same thing with like, uh, how about kleptomania, right? 
Right? That's just, that's just, that's he's just such a, a good little thief. You know, he's not hurting too many people. You know, yeah, and, and those stores, you know, speaking about the bottom line, right? If you don't if you don't look at the expenses, well, then it's even more. You know, he's just taking a little bit of money. They, they're making, I just saw their, their revenues, only the revenues, and it's $10 million a year. So, so what if he takes a $50 sweatshirt, right? So... Go away. You know, Charlie, you be the klepto that you are, that God made you, right? We would never say such a thing. How about pedophilia? Okay? Now, I'm not equating Bruce Jenner to a pedophilia, uh, 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 to a pedophile. You're talking about controlling one's negative yes, urges. that's right. That's clarifying. That's, that's all I'm saying. And, you know, you, you have this urge to, uh, you have this attraction to, to uh, young boys, usually it's young boys. doesn't matter, young boys, young girls. You gotta stop that crap, okay? And you you gotta control your effing self, right? Because if you don't, you're gonna go to jail first of all, and it's a horrific, monstrous thing to do. It's in many ways, and many people would say that's worse than, than murder. Okay, gotta stop it. Done. We're not gonna celebrate you. We're just not gonna do that. And then um, I, I I suppose you can talk about uh, having an inclination like the the the, the guy from Clockwork Orange, right? Where uh, his his intuition, his instinct is to maim and to create chaos. No, no, control yourself. Okay, you want you don't want to be incarcerated. You don't want to be um, uh, to be attacked yourself. You got to control yourself. Go play paintball with some friends if that's if that's the outlet you need. But you 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 are not. We're not going to celebrate your mayhem. Okay, and we can go on and on like this, my friends. Right? There's a lot of things we need to control. You know, for personally, I, I, I have no... Oh, how, how about gambling? Right? You're a gambler. Great example. Yeah. I, I just got to gamble. I see something and I think, what are the odds? <laughs> and I think, and I calculate in my head, and so I'm really good at calculating the odds, and then I try to beat those odds with my bet. Okay? That's just me. I got to do it. I got to be me. I'm good at it. I'm good at it. Yeah. Exactly right. And, and I'm not harming anybody. Right? They, the, the, it's unlike the child molester, right? I mean, he was certainly harming somebody. But me, I'm just gambling away. You sure? Well, I guess I'm pissing away my family's fortune. But other than that... Hey, no one's getting raped here. I gotta be me. They're just impoverished. That's right. It's okay. okay. But they we, can work. And we would never celebrate that, too. Yes. Right? But somehow, somehow, when it comes to things of this nature... Uh, of sexual nature. Of sexual it's nature. Pornography, Ooh, homosexuality, yeah. uh, transgender. And, and remember how the left works. You know, this is just the latest stage. They're working towards pedophilia. They've given us all the signs. You know, my friend, I have to say that I would never have thought decades ago when I was 15 years old, when I first understood what what the whole gay thing was, you know, that, that two men can like each other. Okay, I, I got it. I understood that, two women and so on. But it would never dawn on me that we would come to a day, not only that uh, two gay people would clamor for the right to be married, but that it would be considered the greatest, and emphasized, underline the word bold it, italicize it, the greatest civil rights issue of the day since the civil rights issues of the 60s. Please, okay? I, I would, it would never dawn on me. So when I, I, I grimace and I say, come on, Ari, there's no way this would be the case about embracing, uh, that the society would somehow tolerate pedophilia, I sadly have to agree with you that, you know what? Who knows? Who knows? And I, and I hate that. I hate that not, not that I have to agree with you about that particular issue, which is disgusting, of course. But I think what I really hate is the notion that the future involves an attitude of anything goes. Anything can happen. And I really don't like that. Yeah. I, I want a future where I know that certain things are eternal. That, that men are different than women. That boys are different than girls that America is better than the rest of the world, at least good for today, that freedom is, is wonderful, that God is, is a great source of that freedom and free will, and that our rights derive from God. And people love God. I, I, I want yeah. to, to have these standards and uh, that the best 
uh, approach for a child is, yes, two parents, and one of them is a man, and one of them is a woman, and obviously loving. I, that's what I want to. I want to believe that those standards will, will. Those those are truths that always will stand. That they're not constantly moving targets. And that's what bothers me so much. When you bring up that ex- example, and I have to acknowledge that, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if you pressed a button and we suddenly advance ourselves 20 years from now, 15 years from now, that we would see exactly that world. And you know what? I put it to you. All right, and I'll put it to the, our audience at large. And I think that if I were to give you that time machine right now, the opportunity to press it and say, you want to see what it's going to be like 15 years, Barack? Let's press this button. I think you and I don't want to see it. I just, I, I'm just not going to like it. And we got to fight that. Whatever we got to do to fight that in the future, well, that's the, I guess that is the fight. I like to say what we ever have to do to fight for stability, for non-floating point standards, yeah. for, for the, what's dependable. That's, that's the nature of conservatism. That's, We're trying to conserve what's dependable and stable. For well, the we, we stand for standards. That's, that's the difference. Uh, and I've said before on this podcast and on my Sunday show, the difference between conservatism and liberalism is the difference between standards and chaos. That's, that's all it is. And we are saying chaos. This, this Bruce Jenner stuff, I, mean, I, I couldn't care. I, I don't give a crap about him as an individual. He's, he's a sideshow. He's a narcissist. He's uh, full of, uh, you know, self-centered and everything else. But the fact that we are making him a rallying cry, that's what concerns me. Because it's really a rallying cry for chaos. My friends, this is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you real soon.